Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's episode of Tom Lucy Plus One. My name is Tom Lucy. For those of you who don't know, I'm a comedian. I'm 21 years old, and this is my podcast where I chat to different people from the world of entertainment every week. And this week, my guest is the fantastic Ethan Barnett, who is otherwise known as Ten Tons. Ethan is a uh, incredibly talented uh, up-and-coming singer and songwriter and uh, exactly the same, almost exactly the same age as me, I think. And he was signed to Warner Brothers at the age of 19, which is pretty incredible. 
and he came over to my flat a couple of weeks back and we we had a great chat he he comes from a, a very musical family and background his brother is the singer George Ezra and his dad was in a band and and we chat about all of that stuff um so I think you're going to really enjoy this this is my chat with uh, 10 tons who's uh, otherwise known as the brilliant Ethan Barnett Yeah, um, yeah. He's not. He's gonna have you on. Yeah, at some point. Is it's it? Kind of, yeah, it's kind of like because we're gonna wait until my album's done, or there's at least a release date, and then kind of yeah talk about. It, so it's like we can talk about the album in it, and hopefully. Have you got a release date or? No, I did, and then I started telling everyone, and now it's changed. So I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, what? Because you told everyone, or? No, like. They just constantly change. Like it's just the way that it goes. Like. Is that with who, who's the record label that you uh, on? Warner Brothers. Fucking hell, that's good, isn't it? Yeah. Is that the same one that your brother's with? No, he's with Columbia on Sony. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's just constantly changing because it's like, because it doesn't need to have fixed dates, it's kind of like, just do it when, when things are... Yeah, yeah. Well. So we kind of had a date in and it was actually, we could just wait like two months. Yeah. And put it out and you might get, it might sell better or whatever. That's yeah. Like, that's probably, I think, one of the good things about being young is it there's no like rush for anything i know but i'm so impatient man i feel like i'm well old already i'm like just fucking get it out because i've been yeah, yeah. since i was 19 and i'm 22 this year yeah it feels like it's been going on for fucking ages but yeah it is, yeah like, yeah but i had a similar thing with because i got signed to this management company probably similar to music when i was like 19 and then the first thing that you do as a comedian is go and do a show at edinburgh festival yeah yeah and i was like i said to them i want to do it now when i was 19 and they were like, just wait. There's no point doing it now. Yeah, yeah. Because if you do it now and it's shit, which it likely will be, because <laughs> you're 19, yeah. you'll just fuck your first yeah, opportunity. Yeah. So they were like, just wait. So I did it last year, having done two years of gigs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think it was good advice. Definitely. And it's kind of like, there's just so much money involved with record deals and whatever. Like, there's a lot of, there's lots of time that's gone into it. It's kind of like... Yeah. But... If it doesn't do well, you can very quickly get dropped and just... Kind of, that's not the end. Like, I'm sure there's <laughs> other avenues to go down, but it could very quickly be like, oh, okay, yeah. cool, that's done. Do you think that's a bit more... Because I don't think it's that sort of cutthroat in comedy. Is that particular music thing? or? Definitely. And it's like... At the same, they're all fucking lovely. Like, I'm not... Ex- touch wood, I'm not expecting to get dropped. And they're like... The yeah. people that I deal with are all absolutely lovely. But, like, that is always present like yeah because <laughs> you see so many people like i know so many musicians that have been through and been dropped and yeah and also like if i did get dropped i could still fucking make music and i'd probably make more money out of it just put it out myself and whatever but yeah yeah um it's kind of like your first album is like very important yeah to tell how like the rest of it goes really so what have you put out so far just EPs? uh but an ep by myself in 2016 and then i got signed off the back of that yeah. And then since being signed... We so started. 2016, you were 19? Yeah. I t- well, I was 18 when I put the thing out, and then I turned 19 in August. Yeah. Um, and so since being signed, we put out one EP um, and two singles. Okay, right. What was the first EP called? Uh, Lucy. 
Was it? Fuck. Was it really? That's good. Yeah, that's kind of like my biggest tune. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of the um, the first thing. Yeah, that's why I put out by myself. So it's like three tracks recorded by me and some other people. And yeah. then off the back of that got signed. So we're going to re-release that single like next month. So if that went out when you were 18, did you write that when you were still at school? Because uh, I, I did one year of uni. Because I'm really young in the year, it kind of makes it seem like I'm... Yeah, all, I think I'm, I'm like, exactly the same. I'm, my birthday's end of July. Yeah. And I'm so always I'm, like the youngest in the yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. So I'm August 23rd, so like a week later I'd be in the year below. So I think of it as school years. Yeah. Um, so I, I did a year of uni, but it kind of doesn't add up years-wise because like I'm only 21, but I've done a year of uni and dropped out. So yeah. I wrote it when I was at uni, yeah. So what uni did you go to? Uh, York, St. John. To do music? Uh, music production. Music production. Yeah. And then you didn't like it and dropped out, or you got... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because um, I always knew that I wanted to do my music, um, but kind of never really, like... I was like, fuck it, I'll just do uni and see how that goes. And then when I was at uni, I didn't play any gigs, and I'd been playing loads at home before I left. But I just wrote loads and loads. Yeah. And kind of wrote a completely, like, got rid of all my old songs and, like, wrote new songs and was like, let's fucking do it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, just started... Like producing them up, and whatever, which helped. Like my experience in music production obviously helped the production of the yeah. tracks done. <laughs> was music always? Because obviously, like if you're, if you're a musician and your brother's a musician, do you come from a family that's like really into music? When you were growing up, was it was a massive? Yeah, thing? like um, like my dad. Are we started by the way? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 have an hour chat. Yeah, yeah. Great, we'll put this. I was like, this is weird to be talking about all this stuff. Not recording. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying something. I just like, think because the start. first, like, the first couple that I did, I used to like really make it really obvious. Right, we're starting oh, okay, now, yeah. and then it was always a bit, <laughs> it was always a bit awkward. Yeah, fair. So I was like, the best thing to do is probably just start. Okay, cool. But well, I saw the red light, and I was like, I probably mean stop. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> secretly recording you. <laughs> Trying to get you to like slag off your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is quite a weird conversation to have if you're not recording it. Um, yeah, no. So yeah, <laughs> music was a really massive thing. So me and George, um, my dad's, so my dad's family are all from Crew, so like Northish. Nice. And they kind of come from that history of like brass bands and like, so they started their own brass band. It's still going now. They had a fifty-year anniversary, like years ago we went to that your dad's in a brass band no his dad was sorry oh okay right so all of that's so cool the generation before my dad so that's kind of where the musical element in our family comes from so they're yeah. all like but they're all like 18 years old and married with like three kids <laughs> it's like they were so <laughs> young when they did it so we looked at photos and it was, they just look like well they're younger than me now but they've looked it's mental you know. isn't it my, my my granddad the other day was telling me like what he was doing when he was 21 mm. and he was like married with like his wife was like six months pregnant and they had like a, a house in Islington. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's crazy, isn't it? Amazing. To think what like we're doing, yeah, exactly. What I'm doing and what he's doing, exactly. what he was doing, it's fucking nuts, man. But like, yeah, we looked at pictures and they looked like 40 year olds, <laughs> <Yeah, It's> like <laughs> they just had to grow up. So cause there wasn't like a teenage theater, the teenagers weren't a thing there, I, don't think. I know. So you just had to become like a man, like an old man. I think all I think people did look older back in. Did you ever watch those like old? Sometimes they repeat them on like challenge TV, like an old <laughs> episode of like Gladiator or I've something. I've not got a TV in my flat anymore, so I miss out on the like, got a TV. shite TV. I, yeah, I just watch stuff on my laptop and stuff. Okay, like, right. Fuck. Yeah. But they'll sometimes like re- repeat like a Gladiator from like the 80s or something, and it'll say they'll be interviewing one of the contestants and he looks like 55. <laughs> yeah. He's bald and he's got like a huge beard and he's really fat. 
and he's like he's given up on life and then it, they would come up on the screen and it would say like Alan 24 <laughs> like what he's 24 what the fuck what the fuck happened Alan yeah I don't know it's crazy isn't it so um, that so so your dad's sort of yeah was... so that's kind of like where the musical genes come from. So my dad always had guitars around the house, yeah, um, and there was always always music playing in the house as well. And he'd like make little mix uh, cassette things for that, all that like, car, tapes. yeah, like basically, yeah, like for um, car journeys and whatever. So it was like a lot of Paul Simon and Van Morrison, um, Bob Dylan, yeah, all that. So all the best stuff, yeah. So yeah, there was just always music, and because there was guitars around as well, kind of make. Like, yeah, like, yeah. It was never like learn an instrument. Like my dad's just completely laid back, but we they're just there, so you just never pick them up. Yeah. Um, so I learnt drums first. And my brother learnt bass. Um, Did you used to play together? Yeah, a little bit. I think we played. One Christmas we did, another one bites the dust. <laughs> yeah. That was like our one performance. Yeah. Like, I on bass and on drums. Um, but yeah, I think I kind of learnt drums because he kind of wrangled me into it. He's like, oh, I'm learning bass. Yeah. Just learn drums. That's like quite a good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like rhythm section going on. Um. And then from there, I kind of. It's very boring to play drums by yourself for like. Sure. Yeah. More than five minutes because <laughs> everything <laughs> just sounds like it's like, like there's no song there. So then I started. Yeah, it was just guitars about. So just started picking up. So how old would you have been when you started playing guitar? Mm, about thirteen. So I started drums when I was about nine. Right. And then yeah, about 13, 12 or thirteen. Yeah. So at school we had to do a. Uh, project where you learn a song and then at the end of term um performed it to everyone yeah so i think every maybe everyone did wonderwall or only we did wonderwall but we did wonderwall <laughs> <laughs> and my best friend at the time hugh could play wonderwall yeah so he taught me that and it's really easy because you basically keep your two fingers in the same place and just move the other two yeah around. yeah so that was the first wonderwall is like the song that if you can play guitar a little bit, you learn how to play Wonderwall. I know, and I, it was only the other day that I was like, oh shit, my first song like that was Wonderwall, that's fucking like... That I remember when I was like 13, 14, I had guitar lessons for a bit, and the Wonderwall was literally the first song the guy taught me. Yeah. And then you just sort of, everyone thinks it's incredible that you can play Wonderwall, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you just don't tell anyone it's the only song you can yeah, play. Yeah, because in my head, like... The first song I remember learning myself was a song called House of the Rising Sun, which is like an old, like, traditional That's blues. such a cool tune. first song. I know. To... And then the other day I was like, oh no, fuck it. It was wonderful. So I stopped trying to I mean, it's cool a great song, though, <laughs> yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I remember going on this, like, school trip to France when I was, like, 15. And, like, the whole class was, like, sitting around this fire at night. And then someone was like, can anyone play guitar? Yeah. And then someone went, oh, Tom can. Nice. So I was like, oh, fuck. It's going to get revealed I can only play Wonderwall. So I was like, well, I'll, let's do Wonderwall, shall we? So we, like, did Wonderwall. And then someone went, what else can you do? And I was, like, sweating. So I was like, Wonderful why don't we just do Wonderwall again? Yeah. I think it's a nice... It's really fitting with the evening. Let's just keep doing Wonderwall. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, big tune, man. So did yeah. you then, like... Um, Go and do gigs. What what age did you start doing gigs? So like I started writing tunes pretty soon after playing, like starting to learn guitar. I don't know why it wasn't like again. It was just like just did it. It was just like, yeah made sense to me and yeah. like I'd always like sang a bit, so it kind of made sense in that respect. Um, yeah, and then start. I wasn't playing gigs until I was about sixteen, I think, um, and just playing in little pubs around. I'm from a town called Hartford, which is like just north of North London. Yeah. So I just started playing gigs on there, really. And like playing at my friends' like parties or like little events they were putting on. Like, yeah, yeah. Not like house parties, but if they had like a 
house in parties. Like a fucking hall or whatever. <laughs> I'd go and play. Um, house parties would be great, though, wouldn't nah, they? Nah, well, we did this thing last year <laughs> that I did, and like I went and played at fans' house parties. Yeah. And it seems like a really good idea on paper. And then you get you up there, and I was like, oh shit, I'm the wanker with the guitar at the party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'm the dude. Who knows Wonderwall? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it only clocked, so I got to the first one, and I was like, oh man. But it kind of was all right, because they'd actually asked me to right, do it. That's, it wasn't it, just like, that's very different to like, yeah. some dick at a party going, turn Spotify off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got a guitar. <laughs> no, that's the worst people. But yeah, so, so did yeah. you come into, into London to do gigs at that age? No, so I kind of was just playing and it was all just for fun really I was just making tunes and I'd like make them because there was a studio at the school I went to they had like an amazing music block so I had a recording studio oh, wow. so we got taught that at yeah. A level I did music technology so we got taught that how to use the studio so I just used to in all my free periods and all my lunch breaks just go up there yeah. and, and we just make tunes and whatever Yeah. Um, so I just put it on SoundCloud it was just for fun so then I went to uni and when I dropped out that's when I was like I need this is exactly what I want to do, like performing. So I properly like stepped up gigs. I was just unemployed and like don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. So I started yeah coming to open mic nights in London and whatever like that. And that's when you met your manager and all that. No, stuff. that was so I kind of had a year, maybe a year and a half, where I was working in a pub and working at an after school club and just doing um open mic nights whenever and gig booking my own gig and whatever. And then I put yeah. out that EP. Yeah. And put it on Spotify, and then that's how I met my manager and label and everyone. So you were 18, 19? 18, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and I'd You're like... signed to Warner Brothers at 18? Well, yeah, it was like the week... I was 18 when I signed, and then that week I turned 19. But you can still say you were 18 when no, you signed. No, maybe I wasn't. Maybe I was 19. Just say Either 18. Way, yeah. 18. <laughs> yeah, I was 13 <laughs> years old. <laughs> that's, that is proper crazy, though. Yeah, it? it was like... It was a mad, like... Looking back, it happened very quickly, but it felt like absolute fucking... Because I'd, like, yeah. dropped out of uni and had that ages and ages of just, like trying and do stuff and I was like sending my CDs off to labels and like yeah. just finding all the contacts I could and just sending stuff off um, yeah yeah and what and when they signed you were they like did they have a plan and they were like let's put an album out in two years or yeah like that's kind of like the unwritten unless you're unless they're signing you and you're already like a known act which I don't know when that would ever happen that scenario but like that's pretty much the standard like <laughs> yeah thing of it anyway so they and give you some time to so they then give you like recording studios and stuff to yeah exactly and like I was never I didn't want to put an album out there anyway like the songs that I've written recently are like much better than obviously two years ago because you get yeah. better every every day kind of thing um, yeah so yeah it's kind of just like and then you get like a live agent to get you gigs and whatever and so you start yeah. getting gigs and then I like so it is just me and I write all the tunes whatever. and then we I've got a band live gigs as well so it's kind of then teaching them the songs and yeah getting them involved and whatever and then they they put you out on tour with supporting people and yeah yeah so this year's the first like big chunk of supports I've done so I did like two months solid from like end of January to the end of March I think that was supporting uh, a guy called Rat Boy and yeah. then we had two weeks off and then I was on we supported Stereophonics on their arena tour around the UK that's fucking crazy yeah we did like two nights at Wembley Arena it was insane so when was all, that earlier this year yeah it was February I think wow March. man it was like a whole arena tour so we just like played the like most nuts venues around the whole of the UK yeah like 
ticked them all off in like two weeks and I yeah, was like, yeah. after that I was like, what just happened? Like Was it was it were you the only support or was there another Yeah, it's just us. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> nuts, yeah. man. How long did you do? Um it was about I think it was thirteen dates. So thirteen gigs and then there's obviously like days off and whatever. So did you do what like half hour before them or Yeah, yeah. So half hour. What was the biggest gig you did on the tour? I think it was Birmingham Arena, I think, which is 15,000 people. Yeah. Um, and then we did the two nights at Wembley is 10,000 a night, I think, so that's 20,000 over the two nights. And, you, and you've not even put an album out? No. <laughs> that's quite, is that quite unusual? Uh, not really. It's kind of like, uh, the whole thing changes all the time, like the music industry. What yeah. Like is, I don't know, I don't really know much, but now you've got a kind of, I think back in the day you could put an album out and then kind of, yeah that be your like cv and like get new fans from that whereas now i think you've got to be at like a fairly substantial place to then put, to an, put album an album out yeah so that it does well because otherwise you're kind of fucked yeah yeah no one's gonna hear it <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like um yeah but yeah then i did i scored a guy called tom grennan yeah so we had two days off between the stereophonics tour and the tom grennan tour and that ended quite recently yeah, it feels really recently, but I think it was about two months ago now, or maybe a month ago. <laughs> but I don't know what I've done since then. <laughs> you just threw your TV out. And yeah, just... yeah. <laughs> Didn't leave the flat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Locked the doors. Um, no, but I've just been writing a lot recently. and. Kind Wh- of... Which of the industry, like, which side, the writing side or the touring side, which is your favourite to do? I love writing tunes, and I'd, like, I definitely in the future would love to start like writing for the rats or whatever and kind yeah. of just writing more and more different things. Yeah. Um, but playing live is just like yeah, of course, a, yeah. Like next level, it's like a feeling that I don't get in any other part of my life. It's not like yeah. I don't know. It's just like a very special like feeling, and you're just like, what the fuck is going? Just the adrenaline is like yeah, mad. yeah. Did um, you get advice from? Cause, cause I. Su- supported um, Jack Whitehall on tour Amazing. and we did like an arena tour as well right. last year which was like huge the same, exactly the same thing yeah, and yeah. I remember he like sat me down before the first one and was like look these are some things you need to know it's not the same as performing in a theatre like yeah. these are some things you should be aware of before you do this gig and it was so useful just things like like because it's such a big room sometimes I mean this won't it's not similar to you, but when you say a joke, it takes a few seconds for you to hear laughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So don't panic that it's yeah, not works because yeah. you'll hear it in like two seconds. Yeah. So stuff like that, and, and if you hadn't done that, or just would have panicked, and did did you have similar thing with? Did not they really. Give you advice like, in? I've kind of I kind of quite enjoy. I just have always done it myself, sort of thing. And George is really good at like if I ever need help, he'll always be there, but never. Yeah. Actively like doles out information like advice so I, don't, like, I don't need it sort of thing but it's a similar thing like when we used to sound check in the arena you'd like hit the they'd like hit a drum and it'd go like going and then you'd hear it like a second yeah, later yeah. at the very back of the room um, and there's a similar kind of thing when you finish a song it takes a second for like yeah. you to hear anything back and it's like oh, okay. it's weird how some of those big rooms as well have really good sound and some have horrific yeah, yeah. sound some look like because some of them are like ice rinks <laughs> literally like, yeah. so there was one that we did up in the, I think it was Leeds or something but the arena is normally an ice rink <laughs> normally <laughs> they have the ice hockey in it <laughs> yeah yeah I think so. so what happens is when people are sitting literally on the ice over the ice because of the heat from them 
this like steam rises. <laughs> so you get like above the, the, the seating on the ground, like this cloud above people. Weird. And it was so fucking Everyone weird. <laughs> yeah, you see their heads like above this like cloud. <laughs> so it's just Man. like some of those rooms are like the sound is I guess it's different when you're like telling jokes because like you're like so actively engaging like it's yeah. like I'm speaking to all of you. Whereas when I'm playing music it's kind of like people can take it like take it or leave it. Yeah. And, like I don't know, when you're a support as well, you can get... Sometimes it's not amazing because people aren't oh, there yeah. to see you. Like, tell, tell me about that. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, they're not always the best things, but... Luckily, were they nice on that tour? The and the thing is, with, the, with those rooms, it's just like, as long as the front two rows are into it, yeah, I can't yeah, see yeah. anybody. Yeah, it's like, know, it's yeah. pitch black. And then like for a few bits during the songs, they'd like, <laughs> put all the lights up and you're like, oh my God, put them down, please. Yeah. Like, I don't <laughs> want to see that. But I guess but it's different if you're like, actually... Yeah, Although you're trying to like get, engage them, which I am as well, but like in a different kind of way. I guess. Yeah, it's well, you different. can't chat to people in arenas. Like, yeah, you yeah. Can't, so you just don't do that. But because I'm quite, I'm like all right with the mid, but between song chat, but not. Do you do a lot of that? Not really. Like I do the very bare minimum, but I'm quite, <laughs> I quite like, I can clock myself kind of mumbling away at the end of my sentences because I get a bit like, oh, no one's actually listening. Yeah. But in an arena, that kind of just like is awful because people just say like yeah. <laughs> and it's like what did you just say um, yeah I do the very, very yeah. least it's not my favourite thing I'm like very much like, I'm there to play tunes for you I'm not yeah there yeah to, like, it's cool though because I think it's sort of um, you're sort of in like a win-win situation because because no one's there to see you you're either gonna exactly. you're either gonna make new fans or they're just gonna ignore you anyway exactly. so it's kind of like a win-win situation exactly. and like the information like the knowledge that you got from Jack White or whatever even yeah. if you just got that and played yeah. one gig that's still like instantly your yeah yeah like in profit if you get what I mean of, yeah like, yeah yeah information that you've gained and it's the same with those shows it's like if you do one and you learn one thing about like oh I shouldn't fucking mumble or yeah. like <laughs> I shouldn't do that song bit so that song whatever you're yeah. actually like learning and even just getting the experience of playing live it's like yeah. It's great. Because we got a new guitar. I got a new guitarist at the beginning of this year. So his first gig with us was like the Rap Boy tour. And so yeah. he kind of got like thrown in the deep end in that sense. Yeah. Um, but that was really good as well for us just to like play together. Yeah. And get like, I don't know, like 40 gigs or whatever. <laughs> like, in sure, yeah. two months and just like get really, really tired. Um, so like, when you're not touring like, like now, do you still play gigs or do you just go for months without any gigs? Um, kind of depends. It's kind of like. At the moment, I've not done any since the end of the tour. Um, and kind of just because I did so much, it's like, it also costs loads of money to go do those tours. Like, yeah. I've got to pay the band and I've got to pay my, I've got like a sound woman and a... Sound, sound woman. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to call her. Like, got, I like sound woman. Yeah, sound woman. <laughs> um, and you, then, you should call her that in person. <laughs> yeah, well. yeah. Sound I woman. Do, whenever I introduce her, I'm like... Does that sound? It sounds just weird. sounds weird. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and then we've got a TM as well. So you've got to pay all the crew and like yeah, get yeah. a van or whatever. Yeah. So like after that, that is very much like we've done fucking loads of touring. It's like there's not. Yeah, it's such a different like. The people I know who tour in music, it's such a so much more effort than there's so much production. And people, yeah, yeah. So many people involved. It's a well, real. I guess like, for you, it's just like it's nothing you and maybe like yeah you should come and watch how it's actually really funny how 
how quickly it takes to sound check a comedy gig. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's just like you just hit the mic once. <laughs> yeah. And you go, yeah, great, all right, I'll see you in half an yeah, hour. Yeah. Whereas music, like, they're sound checking and setting up for hours. Yeah. And, like, we're always really good at... Because sometimes you get given, like, 10 minutes to sound check, and then after that 10 minutes, there's 10 minutes where the doors are open, and then you play. Yeah, so it's yeah. Like you've got fucking. You've had all day just sitting around and doing fuck all, like going yeah. to Nando's, and then you've got like <laughs> ten minutes to like check the whole drums, the bass, the guitar. Yeah, it's and a really intense ten minutes. Yeah, it's like fucking go. So we're quite good now. We're quite like a well-oiled machine. It's just like we can pretty quickly race through it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always think that's quite weird about touring, where you sort of because like 23 and a half hours of the day you're basically doing fuck all absolutely nothing. and then you have a really important intense like half hour yeah yeah and then it's back to like nothing for yeah. the next it's and quite it's a weird way to live I think definitely and also like after that half hour you're like so like full of adrenaline yeah like weirdly so so then I don't sleep until like 2am or whatever because I'm just like, <laughs> like yeah. buzzing um, yeah so yeah it's very odd but it's great at the same time but I've just started playing with like little earplugs in so they're kind of like moulded to your ears so some yeah. most acts now kind of they have in-ear monitors so instead of having the ones down there you have it basically with like wearing headphones right but it means you don't damage your ears as much okay if yeah. I'm playing and there's like a drum set behind you that's like so loud so I've just oh, started shit, playing yeah, I with, that, yeah. yeah so I've just started playing ones with like that don't have any there's no music coming in or whatever but they're, they're like, like protectors yeah but it means you can't really hear the crowd as much in the smaller gigs. So you can kind of hear, like, very muffled. Like, and you can see people, like, their mouths moving or whatever, but I don't, like... <laughs> <laughs> just don't know what they're saying. So it must be so weird. Yeah, because you can kind of sometimes hear, like, people trying to, like, speak to you. Yeah. I just don't know. I just go, like, ha, ha. Like, I don't you know what they just laugh. Said. Yeah, like, ha, ha. Yeah. And if they're, like, heavy, <laughs> Yeah, yeah exactly, laughing. yeah. No wonder you're mumbling all your sentences. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You like, can't hear anything. <laughs> when you have the like ones that are playing the so like everybody else's music coming through your ears yeah yeah they also have a mic that they put over the crowd so you can hear through your headphones but the ones I have are just like so is the point of that to like so you can hear it but it's turned down yeah and it's like so so it's it's, not so loud yeah and also it just means that you can hear so much better it's like imagine listening to something that's like is it is it I hadn't thought of it but presumably it's quite dangerous every night to have that loud yeah yeah so kind of off it was after the Stereophonics tour, I was just like, we need to, or I need to. Did you, did you not have them in for no, that? No, I haven't had them for like all the times that I've been touring. Do they not make you put them in or? Like, I had to go get them made for my, like. But did no one from the label say you should wear them? No, or? like. <laughs> like, no one else gives a shit. Like, as long as I'm playing all right gigs, like. As long as you're making money. In the nicest way possible, they're, yeah, like, they're yeah. not interested in my ear health. Like, they don't, <laughs> like, they're not that bothered. So or I kind even of. Even the sound woman. Does she not have any interest in It's just kind of, I don't know, like, it's kind of a done thing, it's like, you should wear them, but so many people don't. So it's like... The people who don't, after, like, a decade in the industry, are they... You get tinnitus, which is the sound, like, you just hear it all the time, which I'm (laughs) petrified of getting that. Chris Martin's got that, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, loads of people have it. But that, does that ever go away? No. So you constantly have that noise? I I don't have it, but I don't want it. Isn't that, like, drive people mad? I think it's like very, very faint. I think sometimes it will get louder and sometimes quieter. That, but it'll oh just be like, God. or like just a pitch in your ear. Um, the but Baby there... Driver, that film. Yeah. That he's that's what he's got in the film. That like kind of high. Oh pitch shit! Thing. That's right. like what he's got. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I got them done because I was like, yeah, stupid for me not to do them. 
Um, Did someone tell you to do that, or you, you just? Uh, my drummer wears them, and I kind of always been like, I should probably get those. And yeah. then it's like, oh, because we'd actually done a lot of touring. I was like, okay, now I kind of because yeah. some gigs you get off stage, and your ears are like ringing, and it's like this isn't. Mm. This isn't a good. Thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so yeah, I got them made. But yeah, it's just a weird like getting used to having them in. But they're, they're yeah, <laughs> fucking hell, man, that's so weird. Yeah. So how did you start doing it all then? Um, similar. Well, not I suppose I was like fifteen, sixteen, and started doing gigs around London. Do you are you from London? Yeah, I mean, yeah, basically we moved around a lot, but. But my dad was in the army, but yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just started gigging open mics in pubs, like 15, 16, 17. What kind of was the thing it was like? Had you always been telling jokes? Or no, no, I mean, I, I, I suppose at school I was like a bit of a class clown. Yeah, yeah. I was always trying to make people laugh at school. I didn't really like school that much. So I just started doing that and then... Um, and yeah, and then I went to Bristol Uni for four months, oh, doing drama and dropped out. Yeah. So I, <laughs> dropped out again. There's a theme amongst people I talk to, everyone's dropped out of uni. Yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, and then the similar thing, I just met um, my manager when I was 18, and he signed me and said, look, if you want, I can, you can drop out and you can do this full time and I'll make sure that you make enough money from it to like support yourself and... Really? So just started doing that, and then, and then nineteen twenty, I started opening for people, and then, very sim like similar. Yeah, yeah. It's I guess it seems t- like, completely alien to me to like. Yeah. It, they're the same thing, but at the same time, completely different. Like to me, like getting up on stage and playing songs is like, yeah fine, but I'm at, if I went up and like. Yeah, but I think that the like, the ins and outs of the industries are very similar. Yeah, when yeah. I talk to musicians, and there's a lot of similarity I think between yeah. the way it works. And it's also like. Because people, I think, always want to know, like, why you start doing it. But I think it's just, like, you just do it. Yeah, I don't... It's a weird question. It's one of those things that, like, every interview I do, I'll get asked, how did you start? And I should really come up with a good answer to give people. I think people want that story of, like, that moment where you, like, see Vic and Bob on TV. That's what I want to do. It's like, it doesn't happen like that, I don't think. But I never really thought about doing anything else. I don't know if you feel the same about music. I never never really crossed my mind to do anything else. Kind of, it was always in the back of my mind of, like, deep down, that's exactly what I want to be a musician, but I kind of never... I kind yeah. of just knew it in my head so that it kind of didn't matter and then yeah. it kind of got to the point where I was like oh you have to decide what you want to do now and I was like oh, yeah. I probably should do that thing that I've always thought about doing <laughs> yeah yeah um, I also think I mean it's, it's interesting the thing about university because I don't know about you but I sort of feel like you know on the very rare occasion where someone will ask my advice my <laughs> advice is not to go to university and just to start doing it I don't I don't I think that's generally the best thing. That you I'm, can do. I'm the same, but I had uh, one of my like a fan asked me like or no I'd spoken about like dropping out once I can't remember what it it was like yeah I did I did like a live stream or something I was talking about dropping out yeah and then she came up to me at a gig and was like oh I've, I'm not going to uni because of you um and I'm, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna like she's an artist and she's like yeah I'm just gonna go do pursue my art by myself and I was like please don't put that yeah, on yeah. me. Like, I don't want the responsibility. By all means, drop out, but <laughs> yeah. don't tell people it was yeah. me who told you that. Do you know what I mean? I was like, oh, come yeah, on, yeah, good yeah. luck. Like, I'm sure it'll go well, but 
I was like, oh god. Yeah. I didn't realise I had that much power. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, like, <laughs> Have you heard from her since? Or? No, I'm sure she's doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> she sends you another tweet going, yeah, because yeah. of you, this has happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad will ring me up or something. But it's weird, like, I don't... For all those jobs that... that because um, all of my mates, I don't know if you're similar, but uh, in a situation now where they're all leaving uni and in massive debt and can't get jobs and and I and I feel lucky that I'm sort of three years into a career where I actually feel like I'm sort of in a small way established and beginning to like I feel a bit secure in the sense that yeah. I've been in an industry for three years and don't know I just I don't think the university thing is as important as it maybe used to be no it's kind of it's like for my friends it was kind of the opposite it's like weird for me to go to uni just because no one really did not weird but kind of out of my group of mates I'd did say, no one really go to uni there was like three of us so two me and my mate we went to the same city different unis but the same city yeah and then my other mate there's like four of us that went all the others just kind of got jobs um so a lot of them are like labourers and stuff like that um, yeah so like there's, I've got a mate who's a tree surgeon and one that's like a bricklayer and stuff like that but they kind of just got those jobs and yeah. they just have trades so they're kind of in a similar position that, that you kind of like They've been working Tree surgeons are funny job, isn't it? He sends me pictures, so like from Hartford, it's not that far away from London. Yeah. But he sent me a video once, and it was him up a tree, and he could see the London skyline, like, very really? well. And he just, like, put the camera, that, like, to the ground, and yeah. you just see how fucking high up he is. It, like, made me Fuck, feel man. tense watching the video. Yeah. He goes up, like... And you're also, like, you're up a tree, but then you're cutting it down. <laughs> so, like, you're just up a tree. <laughs> you you're, come like, down with it. Yeah, you're, like, <laughs> cutting down the tree that you're in. Um... But yeah, so they're kind of in a similar position, but they kind of have got trades that they've been doing since. That's yeah, I think because I most of my mates I think went, but only but they only went I think because they didn't really know what else to do. Yeah, it wasn't like a. Yeah. I mean, a few were like, "I'm really passionate about this," but most were just like, "Well, I guess I'll just go to do something." Yeah. I don't really know. Both my parents are teachers. My dad's retired now, but he was. They're both like very pro the school system Cause yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's like amazing like you get free education and like yeah yeah or don't get that like, you should make most of it yeah so my dad's very like pro uni not in a, like a pushy way but like i think he definitely sees the benefit in going and doing that yeah but like because george the same he my brother did the same he did a year of uni and dropped out yeah and kind of i think that made it easier for me to drop out my dad was never like giving me a hard time about it but yeah I think you saw George doing it. It's like he kind of gets that, like, it's alien to my dad to do that. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. Cause Were they like, less worried about you because they seen it go well for your brother? Can't like they would never. My parents are so chilled out. Um, they were never for George as well. They were never like that. Yeah. I don't know. It wasn't ever like it's better go along. <laughs> like they always we've always had their blessings to do whatever we want to do. That's um, cool. Yeah, they're amazing. Um, so yeah, it probably did help, to be fair, but they're always fine anyway. Yeah. And like when I told them I was dropping out of my uni, they were kind of like, if you know what, like as long as they were like, as you long as you know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. The reality is you're going to come home and live back in your childhood bedroom. <laughs> and as long as you know that. Did you do that for a while? Yeah, well, like until, I've only moved to London August last year. Okay. So I was just living, living with my dad. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, since I dropped out of uni. So yeah. that was like 2015 or something, 
nothing had dropped out. Yeah. I was there for a while, so but by the time by last year, I was kind of like it'd be nice to move down. Now. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he yeah. said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be nice if you moved down now, man. Dropped out uni three years ago. Um, In the nicest possible way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me and your mother think it'd be nice yeah. if you moved out now. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah. So do you have like what? Do you have? Do you set yourself? sort of career goals or do you do you do you have things you want to achieve in the next couple of years or do you kind of like, I used to I think before I was like ever doing it I used to have much more like I'd love to have like a number one album that's kind of like yeah uh, the album to me is like still I think for musicians an album is still a very big thing but to the wider world I don't think it is as much like yeah an album. it's all about singles and Spotify yeah now, yeah which yeah. isn't as album centric it still is but just in much less than it used to be um, so like yeah having an album that did well but when I joke you kind of have these like dreams of what would be like good things to do but mine was always just like as long as I can do music yeah in some capacity and then you kind of just end up do like those arena shows I would never have dreamt of that because it just seems so mad and then you end up doing it you're like fuck cool like, yeah. <laughs> know, like it's amazing but I know I'm not going to be playing arenas every night so it's like just sure, enjoy yeah. what happens sort of thing and just take it all do you do you did you come into it being very, like, ambitious, or did you... Kind of, like, quietly ambitious, and I, like, still I'm like still am. Yeah. And I think that's probably partly my personality, but I'm just kind of, like, I kind of know what I'd like to do. But it's never, like, it's never those kind of, like, mm. make a million pounds by, um, by the time... It's always kind of, like, just... As long as I'm, like, can do music and yeah. not, like, poor. Like, as long as I'm, like, I don't <laughs> just, like, pay rent or whatever. Yeah. I'm kind of cool. Yeah, um, I think that's the best. I think quiet ambition is the the best of both worlds, isn't it? Yeah, because there's nothing, particularly being English. There's nothing worse than someone who's like openly ambitious. Yeah, it's got, I, ambition <laughs> is great, but just you know, if you're from England and you're English, at least sort of try and keep it to yourself yeah, a little exactly. bit. Um, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of like all. Yeah. That sounds quite like cold, but no, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah, um, <laughs> I just think it's like as well you're kind of just setting yourself up for fucking like failure yeah. if you're like I'm going to do this and this and this and this it's like what if it doesn't happen when are you, where are you going to be then you just yeah. have to like I just think it's pointless yeah and if we're like planning that far ahead because you don't fucking know what's going to happen do you? But. and also I think if you want like if you start sort of as young as you have in an, in an industry you have to be quite careful about like burning out at 26, 27 yeah. if you want to be doing it when you're 45 Exactly. You do have to be a bit careful about. Like, hence the like earplugs. So, like, yeah, yeah. Very, it's very boring. <laughs> it's like just stuff like that. Exactly. It's like I think it's different now. You can't be like a fucking rock star and like get yeah. pissed all the time because like you've got to be able to play your gig the next day. And there's so much money and like people have invested stuff like and time yeah. into you. It's like you can't just fuck that up. Cause Is that change? You think the music's changed in that way that it's a lot less. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't know what I don't know what the reason for it is, but like definitely people now are much more sensible. Yeah. Like I think the idea of going on tour is like everyone getting like fucking Yeah. Like fucked every night. Yeah. And like playing pissed and I don't know anybody that drinks while they play. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd never drink before I play. I always say it for afterwards. Yeah. Then it's like you actually The only people I know in comedy who drink and then perform are older people who haven't made it who are really <laughs> yeah. really bitter about yeah. and it sort of serves as like a warning to younger people yeah definitely and I think like <laughs> yeah like I've, I feel very lucky for the opportunity I've been given and the last thing I'd want to do is like yeah fuck that 
I think the only the thing looking back is like I've always had that kind of mentality of like take it quite seriously when you're the gigs or whatever but I feel like earlier on I could have probably had more fun <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I probably could have played piss and no one would have cared <laughs> but it would have been awful um but yeah yeah, but yeah, but you're you're right to take it seriously, obviously, because there's a lot of you know money and yeah, you don't want to fuck it up, do you? Uh, yeah, exactly. And like that, as you say, like when you're on tour, like twenty three hours of the day, you do fuck all. Yeah. So like, why do all of that to then just play a shit gig? Because you yeah got pissed away. I don't know. It's like it doesn't. Do you find sense. with older? I don't know how much you sort of interact with older musicians, but is it generally like a supportive? Do you find older musicians are supportive of younger guys or...? It's kind of like, you just don't really... Like, the Stereophonics are, like, my only interaction with, like, an older kind of band. And they were lovely, like... And I think the more... Like, the less you have to prove, the nicer people are, sort of thing. So they were yeah. just, like, lovely, like, got me, like, a bottle of gin on the first night of tour and, like, came and said hello. Yeah. And we didn't see them much, because they're, like got a fucking massive arena tour to do they don't want to be like yeah, hanging yeah. out all the time but whenever we did see them they were absolutely lovely and I've had yeah. experiences with smaller acts who are like much more like dicks yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like it's a, that's so true yeah there's a clear correlation between like amount of success and how much of a dick you are like yeah yeah like, yeah <laughs> the people who are actually successful don't need to be because they're like that's true every, every, the, the worst not the worst but like the the people who have been like the most rude are never like the most successful. No. They're always like mid-level people. And there's a reason because like yeah, no one yeah. fucking likes you. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Like I sometimes I'll be in like dressing rooms with older comics and they'll be sort of talking about reasons why they didn't make it, and it'll always be like because they're too old or or they didn't they were unlucky or some producer doesn't like them or yeah. something. And you sort of sit there and you think, do you think anything? Do you think it might be to do with the fact that? People don't just, they just don't want to hang around with you <laughs> yeah. that much. Because I think that is like quite a lot of it. Yeah, exactly. And I think you need people around you as well that like, I don't know, keep you not a wanker. Like normal mates. Because yeah. like, I, yeah, so I'm like the only one out of my mates that's living in London. But going back to Hartford only takes like an hour on the train maximum. Yeah. So I go back, like I've been going back a fair bit. Because after touring, like being away for so long, I was like, I just want to see like my mates and just sit in the pub and do nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're great. It's just like whenever yeah. you go back, just nothing's changed. But like the nice, yeah, yeah. Possible. Um, yeah. I find I sort of find with my like old school mates, they they like actively don't give a shit about what I'm doing. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not like it's. I think it's really nice, but most of, like my family and whatever always asking questions. But when I go to the pub of mates or something they don't there's no questions <laughs> there's, they act like if I mention something they don't they just sort of like no one gives a shit yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's really nice I think yeah I've made it onto the jukebox in one of the local pubs in Hartford oh yeah which I'm quite pleased about that so they sometimes cool. send me snapchats of them like putting it on yeah. and I was in there the other day when I went back and they're like oh we're going to put it on and I was like please don't do that <laughs> they just like give me shit for it but yeah, yeah, yeah that's good that's what you need I think so what's going on for the rest of the year then? Writing. Um, yeah, so I like making the up. To be fair, you've got a lot of the album recorded already. Um, it's kind of just like getting those last key tracks or whatever, and just kind of so it kind of all fits together. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just a lot more writing, and then record it, and then I'm kind of festival season is kind of starting to like start. Yeah. So um, 
playing a festival called Live at Leeds this Saturday, which is kind of like just a little, it's only in Leeds, like in the city centre. Yeah. Like all the venues kind of yeah, music yeah. on one of those sort of things. But yeah, so then it's kind of like gradually building up. So like most weekends over the summer, I think I'm, I've got festivals. Is that sort of mainly in the UK or all over? Yeah, all, all in the UK at the moment. Um, that's definitely the focus. Um, yeah. Because again, yeah, I don't, I've never played, I've only played one gig abroad, I think, in the Netherlands, which is really cool, but it's just like a lot more effort to get everybody over there. Sure, yeah, yeah. So yeah, just a lot of gigs and then hopefully do like a headlines. I've not done a headline tour yet. Um, so hopefully, I think we've got one planned for September, but that might change, that might move. But yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the thing that I'm learning to get better at, is kind of like accepting that things aren't like, you can get told a date and that's very easy yeah yeah so just like don't get too like yeah yeah. i learned very early on not to tell people about things until it's actually like happened because there's a few examples of things that i was told were going to happen yeah and then i then told everyone and then it didn't happen and then you just look like a dick yeah it's happened to me like multiple times it's happened to me so many times it was the same with this album so like i told my dad and he was like oh like obviously so chuffed yeah. And I was like, don't tell anyone. He didn't, to be fair. But then the next week, I was like, oh, it's not coming out It's always the biggest, like, coolest stuff that's, like, potentially going to happen. Yeah, and it yeah. Just, that's always the stuff that doesn't happen. Yeah. Because it's like, there's so many things that it relies on happening, like, yeah. uh, going well, or, like, getting approved. <laughs> and then it just doesn't happen. You're like, oh, fuck. I'm going to be on FIFA. And it's like, oh, the FIFA's out. You're not on it. It's like, yeah. Was that going to happen? Were you going to be I on FIFA? I think so, at one point. That's pretty cool, isn't it? I was on Need for Speed this year. Really? Which is pretty cool. That's great. I'm like not a gamer at all, but I still like... No. Uh, FIFA's like the only game I can play, really. I'm like... I'm, it was in on the Rat Boy Tour, and you guitarist is like well into his football. Yeah. When we when he first joined, we were like, oh, do you like football? He was like, oh, like, yeah, kind of. And it turns out he's like a fucking massive... <laughs> we had a gig in Newcastle, and we had a day off the next day, and he went on a tour of the Newcastle... Like football ground right, by himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, send a picture of the group chat of like him with his flag up. Yeah, he's like, I'm not a massive fan. Yeah, player. he's like, loves it, lives with it. We had this thing um, uh, on tour a couple of years ago. It's like, it looks like a briefcase, but like an industrial level briefcase. Yeah. It's like huge. And you like unfold it, and inside is a screen and like FIFA oh, set up. So th- the guy who I was supporting used to take this around <laughs> <laughs> to the hotels. And then uh, there was one time we were in, like, North Wales somewhere and we were sitting in his hotel room at, like, 11am with all the curtains drawn and he was ordering room service and I was setting up FIFA. And it's he, he's, like, Rob Beckett. He's a very, like, yeah, successful yeah, yeah, yeah. comic. He did that thing on YouTube where it was, like... The FIFA thing, yeah, yeah he's, he's obsessed, service. right? So I'm setting up <laughs> FIFA and he's calling room service and we've got all the curtains drawn and we're in, like, dressing gowns. Yeah, yeah. And I looked at him and I was like... This is like this is weird, man. And I was like, "You're a successful yeah, yeah. for someone who's starting out. I'm aspiring to be like you, yeah, yeah. and this is your life, and it's shit. I don't want this." <laughs> that's what I mean. Is like, that's the reality of touring. Yeah, it's like, not like massive parties. It's like sitting, <laughs> like seeing so yeah, the band. There's like always a team so there's always like a and they always have like a like a PS summer rubber yeah and they yeah. always have FIFA like no Matt they don't have any games <laughs> other than FIFA so my guitarist is always like on the FIFA but yeah I like watching films in the van it's like a much more yeah sociable thing to do I think than like one person in the FIFA. van in the back of a van spend so much time in the back of that I got a cold on the Rat Boy tour because I like it was freezing cold in the van and the only thing yeah. was like the front like 
the driver's seat heaters. So he'd have to have them full. So he'd be like dripping with sweat in the back. It'd like be tepid. Like, like slant, I don't know if it's the right word, but like very lukewarm. Fuck, man. I did, when I was like 17, um, and I was doing all these like open spots, which is like where you don't get paid or anything sure. for gigs. And um, this guy who used to run shows, I don't know what happened to him. Um, but he was he got about four of us together and he was like, I've, I've got this gig in Derby. Do you all want to do it this Saturday? And we were all like, yeah, great. And he was like, I'll give you 40 quid or something. So we were like, amazing. And then he was like, I'll sort out travel. So don't worry about getting there. I'll sort it out. Just meet me here in London and we'll leave together. Yeah, yeah. So we were all like, great. And we turned up and he'd hired this white van. Yeah. But it wasn't like a van, like a minibus van with seats in the back. It was like a transit van with like no windows in the back and just like a floor. Well, you just had to sit in the So he was like, we were like, right. And he was like, I've, I couldn't, I, I wanted to get a minibus, but I couldn't, the only thing they have is a van, like a transit van. Also just like flat. So four of us like <laughs> sat on the floor of, in a windowless van. That must be horrible. <laughs> it, <was> like, <laughs> it felt like we'd been kidnapped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to Derby, doing this shit gig and then driving and back. back. Yeah, that's and that's like, it. that's like breaches human yeah. rights. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's the sort of thing that, like, if we got pulled over and he looked in the back and there's, like, four young boys <laughs> yeah, 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 sitting, yeah. sitting on the floor. Right. It's fucking crazy, yeah. man. There we go, Ethan Barnett there, otherwise known as Ten Tons. I thought that was a, a great chat, I really enjoyed that. So thank you very much to uh, Ethan for coming round and uh, talking to me. And thank you to Will Shahada for the editing. And thank you to Joel Grove for producing the show. And my manager Rick Hughes for all your help with it. And thank you to you for listening. We will be back next Monday with another guest. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.